people might think surrendering means like giving up. Mm. It's the, it's like the opposite, you know? It's like you are tapping into the greatest courage and strength and vulnerability possible, the greatest faith and trust possible. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. What's up, fam? Who else has tried FabFitFun? If you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. The box I received was so epic. Truth be told, I've been a subscriber for a long time, and when we partnered up, I totally fangirled out and admitted to them that I had been a subscriber for years. Each season's box features a variety of amazing quality brands like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, Dr. Brandt, and that's just the beginning of it. So don't miss out because they sell out fast. Check out www.fabfitfun.com and use the code RADICAL. That's R-A-D-I-C-A-L. So you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. Again, that's fabfitfun.com and use the code RADICAL. You deserve to treat yourself. Allison Charles is not your typical shaman, but this former national champion athlete's meditation program was the cover story in Marie Claire magazine in July 2016. Her ability to heal and share ancient and sacred knowledge and divine energy with others has also won her accolades from people like Oprah, who named her top meditation to try. Charles is also a top-rated radio and TV host who works and partners with many fellow CEOs and celebrities. Since being called to the shamanic practice, Allison has become internationally known and shares her rockstar shaman story of awakening, clairvoyant readings, and top methods and practices around the globe at speaking engagements, TV shoots, events, and healing retreats. She's also one of my closest friends and sisters, and I was so excited when we finally had an opportunity to sit down and talk about her story, her journey, and everything she sees happening in the world today and how we can bring our own practices and our own healing to the world. Here is Allison Charles. Allison and I are in my living room right now. And we're sipping matcha lattes because that's what you do when you're hanging out with a friend. And uh, I'm just really excited to have you here finally. I mean, I got choo-choo on my lap. Yes. I, it was when I first walked in here, I was so enthralled. For those of you who have not entered into Casa Rosita, um, it is, it's like a really magical little museum. 
And <laughs> that's um, a really nice way of putting it. It is. It's gorgeous in here. There's petrified wood, there's dogs, there's abstract art artifacts. <laughs> and the thing that I was most drawn to, I mean, being the spirit animal shaman that I am, this frog. Yes, that was to me, it's so funny when she and you can tell them what it is, but you walked in and you really like, I saw you eye it even before you went to the uh, crystal over there. Yes, yeah. I did. It spoke to me and before, and the funny thing is I turned to, to circle through the museum here, but there was a force <laughs> that turned me back to this frog and I pointed it. Now there's a lot of things up on her fireplace mantle, but this one particular frog spoke to me and I said, what's this? She said, I knew you were going <laughs> to, yeah, totally. I knew you were going to like that thing. And it was from Ray. Bradbury's office. Yeah, it was from his writing desk. It's incredible. Yeah, yes. And, okay, yeah. So that's just wild with all the breakthroughs I've had recently with my book. So thank you, Rad mm. Ray Bradbury. I will receive in any transmission you wish to provide to me on writing. Aho. <laughs> Swaha. Swaha. So thank so, you for having me. Of course. Are you kidding? So for those of you that don't know, uh, Allison and I have become <laughs> quite close in the last year it, year it's been longer than a year has it i think it's no i think it's been about a year but it does feel longer it does feel longer it's like soul recognition yeah you know um we went on a all girls <laughs> panchakarma retreat which uh sahara rose taramaki myself and allison were uh the four the traveling four uh we did um uh, a panchakarma at the art of living Blue Center. Ridge Mountains. Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can hear all about our escapades in the Yoga Journal article that uh, Sahara recounted um, some of what we experienced. Epic quotes. Mm -hmm. Epic quotes. And, you know, I am such a huge fan of Allison. Oh, well, likewise. And I, it's funny because I've been wanting her to be a guest on the show and knowing that she was going to be on here sharing her story, I had to abstain from asking certain questions, which has been really hard because we've spent many hours and, uh, you know, traveling across many distances together. And I'm, I'm excited. It's almost like the anticipation of hearing what you have to say. Yeah, we have. And it's, yeah, it's the <laughs> irony, right? That we, we've literally, I mean, cause we've been in the trenches together. I mean, mm. we've really experienced a lot of deep stuff together <sighs> across the world in Bali even oh, yeah. yet certain, certain topics of conversations we had to leave off the table until this moment. Yes. So it's been an interesting journey to oh, get us here. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I think that you've <laughs> mm -hmm. You've definitely probably seen me at my um, most vulnerable moments, mm -hmm. um, just with regard to like stuff I've shared, obviously with you oh, on a yeah. personal level and uh, just a physical level. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Well, the last Panchakarma we did in Bali not that long ago, we were both laughing. We were like, I don't, we have, both of us have never conversed more with another person about fecal matter and taking shits and like the analyzations of the processes oh, yeah. like yes. we i mean yeah there's a special bond that happens i think when you're able to have these conversations with someone well yeah and i guess i should clarify for people that have not done a pancha karma it's mm. very much a part of the process so that's why rosie and i talk so much about <laughs> yes. it's not like we're just <laughs> it's 
been a part of our, our friendship journey, but uh, yeah, so it all culminates these cleanses to this particular day where we get prescribed a certain clearing out method. So that's why we talk about it so much. That is so articulate. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay, so on that note, yeah. um, you know, I've definitely seen you even over the last year grow so much, like mm. exponentially, and to just see the different shifts that have happened just with your own level of awareness and attunement. And it's been so beautiful to see and to get to experience and to be, you know, in your in your community and a part of your tribe. It's It's mm. been really inspiring, so... Well, thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, I mean, it takes, I, I'm, you know how devoted I am to my work and this path, but it's been so enriching to have you and, you know, Sahara and Tara, like to, to have that support, you know, mm -hmm, it's such mm -hmm. a high vibrational level yeah. where it's just women just that could not be championing the other one on mm. more than what we do you know what I mean yeah. like like you were saying in the text the other day like we have a group text between the four of us you yeah guys. and you're yeah. like keep winning because every time you guys win I feel like I'm winning and that's yeah. it's just such a beautiful thing yeah. so thank you well yeah and to me I think we we can start off with this question I definitely want you to share your story because I've been you know mm. aching <laughs> waiting for a year <laughs> yeah, to hear it like, like just aching so I'm definitely not gonna you know skip over that but mm -hmm. I I definitely want to hear your feedback on this because you know especially women supporting women there's this huge uh uprising of this this movement of us being able to support each other in an authentic and genuine genuine way and even when you know I was growing up like things were different before you know it was it wasn't there wasn't so much of a big uh focus on women supporting women yeah right especially in career and so on because everything especially here growing up in LA everything's so competitive mm -hmm. and you know and so for me growing up the way I did I I was never of that mindset um but I never was surrounded by women who I really in my heart and in all of my being really wanted to see succeed right and so to me it, it's so easy to be able to celebrate every win because I really do feel like it's happening to me. Like I'm like, oh, that's happening to me, yeah. you know? And, and so I'm curious to ask you if, if that's something that you've experienced with other people or if it's something that you experienced growing up at all or was it different or has No, it girl, <laughs> it's been like a 180 for me. That's the actually the piece, it's one of the pieces I've had to do the most work around, to be mm -hmm. honest, because I grew up like truly not exaggerating in any way, shape or form. I was a born and bred elite competitive athlete. Mm -hmm. Like my father put me in my first road race, first running road race at not even three years old. So before my memories even begin, you know, I was being groomed and shaped to like freaking win. Mm -hmm. And like, and when you're so young and I was a two-time national champion distance runner and I ran on scholarship for the University of Alabama and history-making athlete there. And I went on to be a division one college coach and all of that stuff. And I wouldn't change 
a second of any of that. However, there was a lot of trauma and a lot of dysfunction and an immense, I was a child star, but in athlete form, just not an actress, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so that pressure, oh my God, the pressure, I'll never forget one meditation I did and I'm, uh, and I'm circling this, I'm connecting these dots mm -hmm. in a second, but one meditation I did a few years ago, my um, seven-year-old, six or seven-year-old self came face to face with me and when she did, I was looking her straight in the eyes and she needed to convey to me the energetic state, the place within her own being that she was at at that age. And she was trembling and shaking and terror, terror on her face just from the pressure and feeling like your entire worth and all your identity and it's all built around, you must win. You know what I mean? And if you don't, then what? You know, especially when your dad is your coach too. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, I was the complete opposite of like, you know, support. I, 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 I was told to beat everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even my teammates, because even in distance running, yeah, you're on the same track team or you're on the same cross country team, but you're competing against them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's not like a volleyball match where you all of all it's of you team, win. It's a team, right? No. It's like if I'm going to be the national champion, I have to be all of my teammates. Yeah. <sighs> it's a tweetable moment. <laughs> ah! Sorry, I just yelled really loud in the mic. But like, it was really intense and really, really real. And that was my entire, from two and, two and three quarters years all the way through college. And if my body hadn't started to break down, it would have been beyond college. So yeah. my point is that it has taken me so much transcendence, so much facing shadow, mm. facing some quote unquote ugly parts of myself. Mm. Because when that piece of me was ready to evolve and grow and I and on whatever level and layer of myself, I wanted to transcend to the other side of really supporting my fellow women. In order to get there, I had to face those other wounded aspects that were terrified of being left behind, that were terrified of not winning, because everything that you are crumbles if you don't win. Yeah, yeah. And so I would notice aspects of myself, like some of my friends would, you know, get some sort of notoriety or recognition and I would feel the clinch and I would feel the fear, the terror set in of like, well, what about me? Oh my God, like, and I had to really face that stuff and do a ton of work around it. So for me to be able to say I genuinely like can truly applaud you know, my friends who are women, like their wins and mm -hmm. when they get press and when they get big book deals and all that stuff, when I really am truly happy for them, it's deep for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's so honest. I love that. Well, I don't know how else to be <laughs> very well, transparent. Yeah, well, no, let's, I definitely, you know, going back to you know, childhood and where you began, you know, you, you are a healer, you're a shaman, you're a teacher, you're a mythical being. So I'd love to share with the audience, you know, a little bit about that journey and how you got to be where you are. 
Oh, Lord. All right. This and, is this is the moment I've been waiting for. Oh, God. Well, okay. I mean, this is where I also have to edit, self-edit and cut down because it's the whole, such a long journey. But, you know, I, can't, I hit a crossroads at a very young age of like, okay, I can maintain this relationship with my dad, who's also my coach, and keep this thing going, which feels like survival, you know, and this is also like, this is the father-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. I can keep this going and this thriving, or I can keep little Shaman Ali's gifts turned on and activated and alive, but they could not coexist. If I was attuned and as consciously aware as I was, I would be seeing way too much about the dynamic with my dad and I and about so much going on yeah. at home or whatever. So I had to make a decision at a very young age to like, I didn't kill off the gifts obviously because I was sent here on this mission to go through these journeys, but they, it's like they literally all got like plugged with like corks. Oh, wow. And so the, I, on an unconscious level though, or subconscious, I kept enough thread of the spiritual <clears throat> gifts alive by like reading. But, um, I knew I couldn't let it completely go. So even as a little girl, I would just, oh, I never read like, um, fiction or romance novels or whatever. It was only like metaphysics and self-help and numerology and palm reading. That's it, all I ever read because there was that little subconscious part of me that was like, keep this, keep this truth in you alive, keep this truth in you alive. But that was the only way that it could function. So then it morphed into phase two was, <clears throat> you know, the dynamic that I had with my dad, um, you know, and I love my dad, like don't get any of this twisted, you know, like I love him. We've, we have a fine relationship. It's just, you know, it's, it was the stuff that I needed to go through. But some of that dysfunction of that dynamic then got like addiction transferred into my former fiance and I. So he and I were both college athletes together, met my first day, lacing up the running shoes, <laughs> sitting in the hallway. And uh, yeah, he walked by to go to the baseball locker room and that was kind of like all she wrote. <laughs> Uh-huh. One of those. Um, yeah. So basically, in again, in order to, this was codependence. So hardcore. Now, I didn't know that then. I would, I, and I did tell people all during that 15 plus year journey that he and I had a very healthy relationship and it, it, and it was not. But I was in very much in denial, and oh, in the in the relationship, you told everybody that it was like healthy. Yeah, that everything was good, and I really believed that because I was that into, much in denial. Yeah, while you were in it, while I was in it, and um, again, but it was that same story of like you can put the blinders on and be in denial and be in this like horrible state of like what you think is bliss, and you're telling yourself is bliss, and it's not. It's actually very toxic. Or you can like open up your spiritual gifts, step into your own truth and your own voice and your own power, which means the demise of that relationship. So here we are again, right? 
the the transfer into this. Yeah. And so he and I went on a like a 16-year karmic journey and you know it went to being engaged and unengaged and the suffering and the pain and the illusions that all of the stuff all of like the downward spiral stuff was only growing and intensifying. Wow. And so yet <laughs> when you're entrenched in a cycle like that it does not discriminate, you know, it does not matter how smart you are, it does not matter like how gifted or talented or attractive or it does not matter any of those things like it can it can really suck you in, you know, these like kind of like abusive codependent cycles. And that's what was going on. And so really it culminated, I, I'm really trying to whittle it down just for time purposes, but it, it took a one day and a one moment in time for me to end that karmic journey with him and mm -hmm. that cycle with him. And it came to, after he, we had called off the engagement, I had moved to Brooklyn on my own. Many months later, he came back around having a lot of clarity that I'd never heard him have before. Mm. So I thought, huh, maybe this time. Oh. Now I didn't jump back into it because I had already gone through so much hell and it had already been so painful. So I was like barely like leaning into it, but you know, there was still enough of those threads that got me pulled back in. And the day that we were going to venture out publicly as a couple again, I went to go tell him a few more minutes and we can walk out my my door and he was asleep on my couch and so I didn't want to bother him. And as I was walking back through my bedroom, this is when like universe, all my guides, all my animal helpers, I saw like I had visions of like Native American elders, like literally all of my guides, they called in the troops. It was like source God blew the whistle. It was a true divine intervention moment that was happening because they clicked on my clear audience gift right away. And I heard a voice clear as day and my right ear say to me, stop and turn around. And I did. And like a laser beam, my eyes landed on his phone sitting on my bookcase. And I just knew, like, right, I could feel all of these energies in the room. It was this whole thing was happening. And this force walked over with me to the phone. And I remember it's just like sitting on the ledge. It's just like eye level. And I'm staring at it. And the voice spoke to me again and said, brace yourself. <sighs> what you're about to see is going to rock your world. And I could, I just, it, Yeah. And like automatic spirit writing, I did not know this man's code. I was never a snooper because I was genuinely on an unconscious level probably fearful of what I would find if I did. And I did not know his code and popped in four numbers, phone opened up. And this was the moment designed to be my awakening. I was literally in shamanism, you know, on the shamanic path you go through a lot, right? I mean, just humans in general, we go through a lot, but like specifically shamanic rites of passage, 
there's some sort of death that occurs for us. Um, some people have near-death experiences. Some people have, you know, egoic deaths. But there's a very, very big death that occurs. And this was that moment for me because based upon past life stuff and current life stuff, my greatest fear was betrayal. And so that's what this phone was. By this phone unlocking and all of this moment happening, I was the cave you fear to enter holds the yeah. treasure you seek kind of thing. So I was entering into that shamanic cave and facing and looking at these most fearful monsters and gremlins and facing it and reading it and looking at it in the most graphic, horrific of ways. Like this proof of all this betrayal was so mm. horrible, you know. Um, so that horrificness coupled with me facing my greatest fears coupled with this being a divine intervention, shamanic rite of passage moment, all these like most massive energetic forces combined, it literally like blasted. I felt like an energetic blast. It, it, it blasted off my egoic shell that I had been so tightly encased in my whole life. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And my third eye, like the veil that I had drawn so tightly over my third eye, that veil, like a, like a curtain when, or a blind, when you mm -hmm. like snap it up that lifted over my third eye. And I like, it's one of those stories where in one moment you become awake. Yeah. And you know, some people it's more like more gradual and mine was like, boom, boom, rude awakening, rude. Wow. And so what happened? Rude boy, rude boy. Yeah. Yeah. It, what happened was this, all this was occurring was so potent. It energetically woke him up. I was not saying anything. I was like stunned and in shock, right? Like I'm yeah. going through a spiritual awakening. Yeah. So I'm not audibly making any noises, but the energy that was oh, occurring in this place woke him up. And I then... It was like they literally stopped me, woke him up, and started walking him to me at the exact moment. I, I mean, I was dying in a lot of senses, right? But like, I literally felt like if I would have seen or read one more thing in that phone, I would have just physically died. It was so horrible. Wow. It was so horrible. And, and he was walking towards me. And because of this angelic support and all this spiritual guidance that was with me, I somehow stayed like really anchored and really supported. I wasn't like, I just, no, I, now I did after, but in this moment, what needed to happen was for me to stay calm and centered. And I said, you have to get your things and you have to leave and you can never come back. And before I let him walk out the door, I did look at him and I just needed to know, I just wanted to know why, you know, why, how, how could you? You know, um, and I just looked him in the eye and I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm Allison. I'm Allison. How could you do this to me? You know, like he and I were, were best friends, right? Yeah. You know, and gone through so much together for almost two decades. And I just was so confused as to how it could be possible to do mm -hmm. this to someone that you loved, right? Mm -hmm. And you cared about. So, and he, and he didn't have an answer, you know, and so he left and I, after he left was then when I broke down, you know, mm -hmm. and that's when I lost it. And that's when that just, I was just a mess. I was so lost and so confused and so scared and so alone in my, in my entire world and all the illusions that I had built a house around and that had mm. lived in that egoic shell, everything had been blasted away. 
So I didn't know up from down. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who I was. It was just terrifying, but this is also the most miraculous moment of my life, of course, you know? Yeah. So the next phase was me flying to Indiana where I'm from and staying at my grandma's house and being with my mom and grandma. And it was in this back bedroom where they activated more of my gifts. And over the next three days, the universe was showing me, they would take me, it was nonstop, these continuous awakenings. It was so wild. They would show me scenes from my life, like a movie. And they would take me back to things that I didn't even know I remembered. And they would show it to me, but without the illusions and without the untruths. So they would take me back to a certain moment in time, like an occurrence that happened with he and I, and I would see it in truth and in light. And I would be like, oh my God, this was occurring the whole time. Oh, wow. And I was literally just being blasted with more, more awakenings and, and being shown the truth. They were just like, you have to face all of this to do the work you're here to do and to walk the path that you're here to walk. You have to face all of this. So my clairvoyance was being activated and that's when I had my surrender moment. So those are like the two, that divine intervention because that's what it took. Like I was not heeding the signs. My being wanted to awaken, but I was not letting it. So I was having panic disorders, anxiety attacks, eczema, like all sorts of things going on with my being, trying to get my attention that I was off course. But when you deny those messages and those signs enough, that's why sometimes it culminates to those like really traumatic awakening stories you hear and those divine interventions. And that was the case for me. So then I had the second most paramount moment in this initial part of my voyage in shamanism was the surrender statement and the surrender moment. Because once I had seen all of those truths, I was just like, I am not who I thought I was. You know, I had been this like college athlete and college coach and I was on television as a wellness expert and hosting a show as a, you know, and I I was not well, Mm, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit. I just put my hands up and so I spoke to God and I said, I clearly need help. Show me the way. And then the key that I do always stress is like, okay, you know, if you're going to say a surrender statement like that, then, then it's our job. Universe will a 1 million percent do its job to show you the signs, but then it's our job to let ourselves be consciously aware to receive the signs and to heed them and act on them. And I can say I have 100% I, I mean, if I've missed a sign, I, I didn't know I missed it. But the ones that I've been presented, I heed it. And I have followed that co-creative relationship with God and with Great Mother Gaia, Mother Earth, ever since that, that day. And that's why my life is completely different. And I aligned with my calling and my, my truth. Because I freaking, I, I let myself see truth now. That is like my daily all time at all moments intention is just like show me truth wow you know i love that so much i mean and i'm like i'm trying to like pick up my jaw from the ground right now because that is such a pivotal moment in life and to have that awakening is so powerful right and i think that you know one of my questions is when you were in it and and going back 
in that moment because I was gonna that was like you answered the question I was gonna ask about when you look back now were you able to see so being able to go back and actually see the course of the relationship and where there were signs and you can see them now oh yeah right Organifi is an organic superfood supplement line that makes quality trusted nutrition convenient and accessible. As a yoga and meditation teacher and as a holistic health coach, I frequently get asked by students and listeners, is there a good supplement to help with stress and aid sleep? And for many of us, we can go days without getting good sleep and this can become so frustrating because it affects your entire day. Americans are spending $50 billion a year on sleeping pills. And the irony is that those pills don't let you get the rejuvenation and the rest that you actually need. So one of my favorite products to use from Organifi is Organifi Gold. It helps in so many ways. It helps sleep, it helps soothe muscles, and helps support joints. And for somebody that travels a lot, like myself, this is definitely my go-to travel supplement. Many of you have seen me post about it on social media, and I love that it's packed with superfoods for sleep and relaxation, like ginger, maximum strength turmeric, reishi mushrooms, lemon balm, turkey tail mushroom, cinnamon, and coconut milk. It's super easy to use. The way I like to drink it is with hot water and I drink it like a warm cup of tea and I use it as my nighttime ritual. Reducing stress and getting sound sleep are some of the absolute best things that you can do for your health. And that's exactly why Organifi created Organifi Gold. So to try Organifi Gold and all the other amazing Organifi products, go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I fi.com and use the code Rosie R-O-S-I-E and receive 20% off your entire order. Or you can simply go to the show notes on this podcast and click the Organifi.com link. And now back to our show. If somebody is going through that same scenario, like what you went through when you were in this relationship and you were, were in a sense putting a cork over your gifts mm-hmm. How do how did you know that? Oh, I guess you just said you were having anxiety and you were having things manifest in your in your body and in your being. That's how you're able to assess that you were having something not not right. Something wasn't functioning. Yeah, and it's like there's there you when you look back to I can it's like I can hear my higher self also speaking to me continuously saying like, this just isn't right. This can't be like, there was another aspect of me that knew that this level of pain and hurting and suffrage, it can't be what this is all about, you know? And, and again, it's like on an unconscious level, that's when I started like getting colonics and started juicing. And it, it was like there was enough of an aspect of my being that knew it needed to start the process somehow of like cleansing and clearing and starting to prep and prepare my being for like these greater awakenings. But all of this stuff, like if if you really let yourself look and see, there's signs everywhere. Yeah, that, so that's what was going to be my next question is, for you then, once you started to 
tune in to these these different signs what was the next step that you took to be able to get on this path like how did you decide mm. to well to me it's like I don't think you decide to become a shaman I think that correct you are chosen and the it just happens right you're 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 compelled to do this type of work so I guess how did you know that this was going to be your path how did you even begin the path to shamanism mm -hmm. Yes. So I, <laughs> I basically from that surrender moment and, and you're spot on, right? So shamanism is a calling. It's not, you know, it's something that you feel from within you. And I signed on for it on a soul contract level. And I've been a shaman and a mystic and a sage for so many lifetimes, right? Like this is just a lot of, of who I am. So there's that aspect of it. Um, and then when you're down here, you know, there are certain ancestors and, and spiritual guides that appoint you and that want to work with you for you to be in alignment with your soul purpose mission. So all of this, yes, is a calling. It wasn't just like I decided like, oh, I want to be a shaman. So all my intention was after my surrender statement is just like, heal me and help me. Mm. Heal me and help me. That was where my shamanism voyage began. And, and really, that's, isn't that the genius of it, right? Because I just had a weird moment I'm going to try to um, put words on just right a second ago. It's like, because that is what shamanism is, is like facing, in order to embody your whole power and, and, and be in your truth and in order to be of service, you have to face all all aspects of yourself. So in a way, it's so beautiful to me that that's where my journey to aligning with the shaman that lived inside of me began was with me just finally saying like, heal me and show me and just like, let me look at all of this and deal and face with all, all of this. And so they directed me when I say they like God source, my guides, my, you know, spirit animal helpers, they started to show me who I needed to go to for this healing and helping. And the irony is that the first people they sent me to were shamans. Mm -hmm. Now I wasn't connecting any of this at the time, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to all these shamans and like they're, you know, doing soul retrieval and journeys for me. And that's how I first connected with my core power animal, which is the black Panther and all of this stuff. But throughout my journey, and it still continues to this day, like, you know, I, I am, continuously immersing and sitting with like so many healers and healing modalities uh -huh. of all it, this is a planetary practice and I'm not going to go off on a tangent right now but I do want to let people know shamanism is a global planetary practice it is a planetary truth it does not adhere to any one culture it does not adhere to any one continent or country this is a global practice I don't know why that wanted to blurt out, but it did. Um, so yeah, it's like I, through my dedication and devotion to just healing myself and wanting to get well myself through constantly being dedicated to high vibrational practices, people, places, products, 
foods I'm ingesting, through all of that, that was continuously increasing my internal vibration, that was opening and unlocking and clearing my chakras, allowing all of them to communicate with each other. And we have light grids, we have light meridians that run through us. So my internal light grids and my light being was then activating and turning on more and more. And when you were doing all of these things and all of that activation is happening inside of you, that is when you connect and align with who you really are and why you were really here and what your calling is. Mm. So it was like, that was a bit of a more gradual process for me, unlike the divine intervention moment, the alignment with my shamanism was through me going to all these different kinds of healers. And then it was just like this knowingness mm -hmm. that was, you know, it, it, it's it built within us. Yeah. It just, you then then you click into it again. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh. It's the discernment, like in yoga, we call it like that cultivating the discernment to be able to identify what your higher calling is and what what the right path to take is and sometimes we the discernment is to be able to surrender and to be able to just have faith and know that you're going to be guided to the right place and that takes so much strength surrender like that's another thing there's a lot of misconceptions around it's like um you know, people might think surrendering means like giving up. Mm. It's the, it's like the opposite, you know, it's like you are tapping into the greatest courage and strength and vulnerability possible, the greatest faith and trust possible, mm. because you're literally like from that moment that I had my awakening, I have literally been living and walking in a void. Do you know what I mean? Like, my favorite quote is truth is a pathless land because when you start to walk on your true path of truth and you're aligned with your calling, it's like you are living off of your intuition. You're taking your next step from a whisper that you think you heard that was, you know, that was guidance. Mm. And you're like, okay, that's supposed to be the next step for me. It's like, not this clear blueprint laid out life plan. It's like I'm literally living from like a sniff of a waft of that smell that took me over here. Or, you know, I'm called to this vortex location on the planet. Why? I have no freaking clue. And I don't know why. And it just came in the other day, but I know I'm supposed to go there next month. So I'm going there. Mm. It's like I'm I'm living on the callings and the whisperings. I'm mm. I'm, I'm in the void every day. Wow. And that, that more than anything I've ever done in my life, more than winning national championships, more than like anything, that's fucking courage. Yeah. yeah. That's being a champion. Wow. The inner voyage. Yeah. Oh, that's another quotable moment. <laughs> I'll be like Oprah, like tweet, tweet. <laughs> tweet, you know, she tweet. does that. She goes tweet, tweet. Um, hey, Oprah. Hey, Oprah. I know you listen to this podcast. What's up? Um, that is so wild because I feel like most of the time what we learn the conditioning that we have in our lives is to have a plan and to stick to the plan and to you know power through a difficult relationship or going against your intuitive gifts or your inner truth I love I love that you said that because I think following the truth is like you said, probably one of the most courageous things that we can ever do. 
because we we have it there's no it it's like you're jumping out of an airplane without a a parachute every day yeah that's nuts that's <laughs> but so you live, nuts you live in that land too and it's yeah it's wild I forget the thought that I was just gonna say just like went out the other side but yeah it's powerful potent wild living I mean yeah 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 so for the people that are listening to the podcast and are curious about what a shaman does Mm. um i think that you've given some pretty good insight as to where you can tap into and what you're sensitive to uh, how to communicate with the medicine that Mm. we need Um, for somebody that's not familiar with what shamanism is what what would be like a quick Mm -hmm. yeah quick answer is um Yes, letting everyone know, again, that based upon the the tradition, the shamanic lineage um, of the shaman that you're talking to, there will absolutely be varying rituals and varying ceremonies. There there are some shamans that um, their practice is very much rooted in various plant medicines, and then there are other shamans that actually view plant medicines as as poison, and, and they do not partake in that practice at all. So I do want to make sure that it's clear that when it comes to rituals and ceremonies, it's very, very wide ranging. However, at the core and heart and center of it all, we are all these divine instruments, these divine conduits that are bridges and uniters of earth and sky and rock and star. And that's actually where the download and the guidance back when I used to be a little bit more known as rock star shaman um, that's where that name came from. So we're here, you know, as these messengers and missionaries and he, these guides walking on earth, but we are connecting with and conjuring with and working as a united front with dear Pachamama Gaia. She is our great mother and the provider of all that is. And then we are the bridge then that connects up to source, Father Sky, Pachatata, and getting all those astral cosmic downloads. And those are the two most important and most powerful forces that we can unite and connect with because we are bridging the cosmic, the astral, the consciousness source where we hail from as light beings, as astral bodies, down into the plane of the planet in which we inhabit. We can't just be swirling in the ethers when we are in human bodies and in human form. We have to have a balance, a cohesive whole uh, balance of both those medicines. And that's what shaman's work is. And um, a big facet of what we teach others to do is to, is to really tap into your spiritual gifts, but to be embodied. Mm. That is the absolute key. And that is, if, if, any, if you, any of you listeners hear anything that I say today, please hear this. Like you must embody your practice. You must walk the talk. You must ground into the lower chakras. You, you will not be in your greatest service with your spiritual gifts if you do not drop in into the earth and into your low chakras. And if you are not connected and embodied and integrated, you are doing yourself a disservice and the entire planet a disservice. Wow. <laughs> I think that 
that concludes our body. <laughs> um, wow, that was beautiful. So uh, how, I'm sure just as in every tradition, there are, uh, there are faux shamans, uh, just like there's faux yoga teachers, and I'm saying faux like F-A-U-X, faux, faux. Um, how can people discern because I see a lot of things on the gram, you know, I see a lot of people promoting all kinds of things. And I know you and I know the work you do and I know the level of integrity that you just have as a human on this planet. Thank and you. the fact that you do this type of healing just elevates that. And I obviously like I know the passion and the love and the reverence that you have for the practice that you do and so I know that and I can stand by that and I know that you're the real deal thank you so much so I know that there's a lot of people out there that aren't <laughs> and I'm happy to call them out you know and I'm not going to do that here on this forum because <laughs> I think that's a little bit rude but you know I I think to me I guess it's like I'm going to ask you the question but I'm kind of going to answer it a little bit maybe I want to just hear your feedback to it but I I think with the explanation that you just gave about knowing what truth is and people being able to discern that and listen to that, I think it's it's easy for people to know who's real and who's not real. But I guess for people that are listening that are curious about shamanism and perhaps are, want to talk to a shaman or want to ask questions or they're they're wanting that type of healing mm -hmm. how do they find yeah. somebody with that your level of integrity your level of honesty and people that are the real deal well the interesting thing about this part of the process is by you getting to a point where you're having some enough of a percolation happening inside of you that you're wanting to go to a shaman that you are your soul is uniting with you and talking to you enough that you're leaning into sniffing out what shaman shall i go to this is already beginning a much bigger picture and a much bigger process so it's actually kind of beautiful that the first leanings in to any sort of shamanic quest or voyage forces you to go within and to really start to unlock and tap into the healer that lives inside of you because you really do have to get really real and honest with yourself through visiting the person's website, listening to some videos, like take in, like don't, don't, fool yourself like really go in and like with all with why are you laughing because i'm just like you're just like dropping the truth bombs right now so you have to go in with all of your senses open right like take the blinders off be an open canvas and hear their voice feel how it lands inside of you when you hear them speak look at them, feel their energy, feel their essence and their vibration. How does it 
feel when you take them in, when you feel their auric field? How does it feel to you? You know, read their words on their website. How does their messaging hit you? How does it land inside of you? So that's the first beautiful part of the process of finding the shaman that you're supposed to start with or meet with is going, tapping into your own gifts and abilities and feeling and discernment. So that's, isn't that so beautiful, right? That's that it wonderful. works that way. Yeah. And then of course, you know, Asking around doesn't hurt either. Like if you have a friend that had a really empowering experience with another shaman, ask them why and ask them if they would highly recommend that person. Um, but yeah, it's like you really, and I get people that ask me all the time about like, should I go to this person or what do you think about this? And I'm just like, what do you think? Like, cause you know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. like, I can't. Yeah. So but you, you just, you start to connect the dots and you find your way and real recognizes real. And if you really are just honest with yourself, you will resonate. There will be a big yes. Yeah. When you land on the person's page or website or their name, there will be a resonance that speaks to you. Yeah. And, and again, this is just a tiny little quick note, like know that we are infinite beings on this infinite evolutionary journey, right? So like, just because you go to a certain shamanic practitioner one time, that may be the only medicine you needed from that particular mm -hmm. shaman, you know yeah. what I mean? And so then, and then you're guided to another mystic or another shaman. So there's no like set in stone thing. Don't think if you start to, and have one session with one that like, then that's like supposed to be like, your guru or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. you know, just yeah. always keep it open. We're always evolving. Yeah. I say the same thing to people that have, you know, practiced yoga. Maybe they had a bad experience and then they're like, oh no, all yoga is like this. Or, you know, they are so committed to their one person that they're missing maybe a different component to a, a bigger scale of the practice. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, but I like what you're saying about having the journey start right at the gate, right? It's like you have to be able to tune into that inner listening. And for the people that are wanting to reach out or work with a shaman or there's that curiosity, I think that's already happening yes. innately. Yeah. Yeah, it's your soul already. And that's the beautiful thing because at the another heart core of shamanism is you are uniting with your soul. So the human you and the human aspect with you is is merging and becoming one with the soul you. And so through shamanic practices and these kinds of rituals and ceremonies and works, every time you do it, you're merging and uniting more and more and more as, as whole. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. Your soul is already doing that merging by talking and saying, you're supposed to see a shaman. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and I so, yeah. That. And then also figuring out, cause the last little quick note I want to make is for me, um, Plant medicine is also a calling. That is something in my shamanic journey. It was not ever a part of my path until mm -hmm. somewhat recently. My journey was non-plant medicine based as a shaman. And that would surprise a lot of people like, oh, you're a shaman and you've never done plant medicine. And I'm like, yes, that's correct. It doesn't, those two things do not automatically go together. Mm -hmm. And so I just always let people know like, yeah, I didn't do ayahuasca for many, many years on my as a shaman because she wasn't calling for me to. Mm -hmm. When she called to me, I heeded the call mm -hmm. and I did. 
Um, and the same with peyote. And so it's like, until I heard a crystal clear call from grandfather medicine, from grandmother medicine, until those medicines spoke to me and called for me to unite with them and work with them, I did not go there. And I firmly believe that that's the sacredness that should be held with that. Yeah, because some people might not heed that call at all. Right. And and some people think that they're hearing the call just because they... Have friends that did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, I like that. Obviously, I can, I can sit here and talk to you for hours and hours, but... Uh, for the purposes of this interview, <laughs> yes. I just have a couple more questions for you. Um, and one is, what are you most excited about right now? Mm. Major expansion, just like on a planetary level um, and a personal level. I just feel, I could feel long before we got into 2019 that 2019 is like this precipice, big, massive change, foundational change kind of year. And I still, I feel it continuing to build. So I'm just really excited for um, all the shifts that are occurring to get us on a consciousness level just for earth, where earth is wanting us to go. Excuse me. And um, yeah, for my life too, I have a lot of uh, amazing projects that I'm really excited about. Like I mentioned at the top, like my book, the the voyage there. So to have the gateway, the channel open and to have the content for the book I'm writing flowing in and just to be able to be a messenger and a conduit in that way feels really good. Um, and I'm also excited about love. I truly believe it's going to happen for me, Rosie. <laughs> I don't know exactly when or who, but I'm yes. Um, all of that. So, and then I feel like there's one other little sneaker that wants to sneak in. One second. I feel really, oh, right. okay, rainbows. I don't know, rainbow medicine, the rainbow prophecy, rainbow people, rainbow medicine, rainbow energy. It is just so big right now. Um, so I don't know when I just closed my eyes and I could feel that little sneaker, a, rain, a rainbow came in. So I'm supposed to speak to, you know, people can read about the rainbow prophecy and, you know how I get called and pulled yeah, to Bali yeah, yeah. all the time. Yep. The rainbows took me the whole way there, yeah. like the whole flight and just like, it's so it's wild. So there's big rainbow medicine activation happening. What is your message to the people listening to this podcast that are needing some radical love from us? Please do not allow the fear of what others may think about you or say about you to stop you from being your biggest, brightest, badass, beaming, full of divine power self. I know that that can be a voyage um, and it can be a process but we're we're just we're here it we're here for such a short period of time 
And it really is such a miracle to be here on this gorgeous planet. And we are all so talented and so freaking multidimensional and so multifaceted. We have so much inside of us that is untapped, that wants to be opened up. And so it's just like, I'm giving you permission to just keep growing, to keep changing, to keep expanding, to keep getting brighter, to keep letting your gifts get honed more and to express in a, in a, in a bolder way, whatever that thing is, the clamoring inside, the urgings inside, please listen to them and heed them and, and just let your fullest essence permeate. Um, that's just like my, my, my wish. I just feel like I'm not going to go on much more of a tangent with this, but I, 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 one of my biggest things here in this mission is like, I can't stand when people put others into a box. It's like, we're fucking huge, magnificent, infinite creatures, infinite beings. So like, let your friends change and grow and I just, we're so talented. Don't fucking, I'm really dropping F-bombs on this one, but don't stifle the artistry and the, the miraculous creature that you are. Let her breathe. Let him live. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. How do you feel radically loved? Oh, okay. Hmm. I feel, yeah, radically loved when, I mean, you honestly have done such a great job of holding that space for me, truly. Um, like, cause you, for me, it's, it's that goes back to what I just preached on. It's like me feeling safe to be in the fullness of all that I am, the shadow, the light, the whole thing. And it can be scary because you can sometimes feel like you might get abandoned or judged or some relationship might end if your fullness is exposed or shown. And so I feel most radically loved by those who I, I know that if, I, if I'm in a, a scarier, shadowy place, um, yet I maybe need some support or need a sounding board those people that I can go to for any capacity of where I'm at in life. And like, you're, you're really good at that. You're, you've, you've seen me and like, I mean, going through your Panchakarma cleanses, that's deep stuff. You've seen me like not, my back's been thrown out. I've not been able to get up off the floor. You've had to like, literally like lay me down and pick me up and help me walk. And like, you've seen me when I get really triggery for photo shoots. You've seen me like, you've really like, I get, yeah, you've seen me. I've seen all the facets. You've seen them all and you really radically love me and so it's just perfect that that is the name of your podcast because you embody that so truly so thank you I did not prep her for this question by the way <laughs> no, so I'll didn't. take I'll take it I'll take it all so thank you so much as usual um it's always so much fun hanging out with you and connecting with you and loving you and just being with you so thank you <laughs> And thank you for uh, obviously presenting your story here to uh, us and our tribe out there listening. 
So for the people listening that want more information on you and that want to connect with you, where can they go for more information? My Instagram is where... (laughs) (laughs) That's where it's at, everyone. (laughs) She goes. (laughs) My handle is at I am Allison Charles. And uh, my website, you know, I keep her updated to rockstarshaman.com or alisoncharles.com will provide you with, I write a monthly spirit, animal, and energy forecast for well and good that also lives on my website. That's always pretty intriguing, those downloads I get for that. So you can find those there. And um, yeah, I, yeah, all that stuff. Well, thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. Thanks for being <laughs> you. You're no, so real you deal. Oh, thank you. Stop it. No, yeah, it for real. Takes one to no one. Powerful You is coming to Los Angeles. Finally, I'm so excited. This three-day transformative event brings world-renowned influencers, visionaries, and entrepreneurs directly to the LA area. So get ready, LA. And if you're not in LA, you must come. We've got some incredible people speaking, many who have been guests on this podcast. We've got Lisa Bilyeu, Lori Harder, Glennon Doyle, and I get to be speaking at this event, which is still hard for me to believe. I'm so excited. It's May 17th through the 19th. Get your tickets at powerful-u.com, or you can go to the show notes of this podcast and go directly to the link to get your tickets now. This event will sell out, and I really hope that you treat yourself and get an opportunity to come to this amazing event. So I'll see you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.